the James Bond theme is now like reserved for like he's doing something badass. Like you'd be playing Goldeneye and right. you accomplish like a key part of a mission and they play the dana dana yeah. like just kind of like pump people up. And then here they play it. What he's in the lobby, right? Yeah, he, he's he's walking. <laughs> he, he just got off the airplane and he's walking through the airport lobby to the front. Tips the bow boy. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> Welcome to Cast of No Name. We are your hosts. I'm Jay. And I'm Matt. This is episode 74, and it's James Bond Month. So, every November from now until the end of time, we will, at least in November, uh, obviously. because Five be more years. Every November, yeah. Five more years. Probably six, because <laughs> there, there's only going to be four this month. But uh, we're each week, we'll focus on a different James Bond movie. And to start off our first James Bond Month, we're kicking it off with the movie that started it all 1962's Dr. No starring Sean Connery as James Bond but first don't forget to visit our website acastwithnoname.com where you can listen to our entire episode library we're also on YouTube Spotify Apple Podcasts uh, and anywhere else that you would get your butt but but podcasts uh, that's a butt. But <laughs> anywhere else you get your butt. <laughs> Speaking of butt, uh, we have Coop coming back with us, who joined us last hey week. Hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's never seen this before. Yeah, this is a first time watch for me. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. You've seen good. you've seen this before, like right? Twice. Twice. Before. Okay. It's been a long. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Nice. So fresh eyes, kind of for me. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> well, well, what was your? When's the last time you saw it? You watch them what every November? Uh, not all of them every November, but uh, usually that's my uh, my Bond mood. Um, just because, yeah, they always seem to get released like late October, early November, mm-hmm. um, and then every Thanksgiving, whenever I would go to my grandparents when I was a teenager or whatever, half the time there'd be a new Bond movie, especially when I was early teens is right when Pierce Bronson's movies were coming out about every year, every other year, um, around Thanksgiving. So is that what got you into bond was Pierce? Um, or did your dad, I, I remember seeing, uh, like, uh, Goldfinger and, um, a couple of the Timothy, I mean, um, uh, Timothy Dalton ones, uh, his first one, which was, um, Shit, not licensed to kill. And living daylights. Yeah, or the living, the living the, daylights. The living daylights. Yeah. And um, I remember seeing that a couple of times, but it wasn't until really probably Goldeneye was like yeah. my first, like most people. Yeah, the first time I saw a full James Bond movie, and um, obviously in a theater. But then um, I think before that, yeah, like maybe Goldmember from Russia with Love or something right. like that. But I was the same way. I, I saw Golden. Uh, gold finger yeah with not gold member gold finger yeah gold finger. i wanted to say gold i know member. <laughs> <laughs> he loves gold and at, watching this movie i immediately thought of austin powers a couple of times but anyway um yeah i remember watching Goldfinger with my dad but i really didn't get into it until like the 64 game goldeneye that everybody played mm-hmm. that's when i, I really I think, got into watching it i think i played the game before i saw the movie yeah, there you go and then when i watched the movie i was like oh i remember this level as, exactly. as it was going along yeah yeah anyway but but yeah, so uh, sixty four is the reason for your my love for James Bond. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, I I sucked at that game. I would always, <laughs> uh, 
I would have to play Golden Gun rules. Okay. And if I could get the Golden Gun, then I would stand a chance. Yeah. Everything else, proximity mines, fuck me. (laughs) They just blow me into smithereens. Dude, that's all we played. uh, Like, on a loop. You uh, get into fights over looking over oh, someone else's screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screen Stop watching. looking at my yeah. screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I actually, I don't know, probably, I don't know, three or four years ago. Oh, last time, last saw, time this? I saw this? Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, yeah, the Connery ones I watch, uh, probably Dr. No from Rush With Love, uh, Goldfinger, and Thunderball. Um you only live twice. Everyone, that's when it kind of Connery's like kind of got goofy. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, but those I feel like I watch quite a bit. Right. Um, more so when when we hop into the Roger Moore era, that'll be, it'll be like watching him again because I think I've seen all of his once. Mm. There might be one or two that I've seen because they just get goofy, way too goofy. It's parody. Yeah. It's it's, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it is what. It, well, all right. What are your first impressions? Or Cooper, let's start with you. What are your first impressions of Doctor No? Since this is the first time you've ever seen it, um, it it was like a time capsule. Yeah, for, for me. I mean, That's like the it. the the cars, the fashion, um, the architecture, just kind of the the day to day. You know, um, phones on the wall, phones on the table. Yeah, people reading newspapers, people using pay phones. It was just like a real throwback to an era that. Even before us, I mean, we kind of had, we're old enough that we kind of had a little bit of that in our lives, Mm -hmm. but that was their day to day back then. And Mm -hmm. there there was no other, mm, there was no, uh, no uh, alternative. There's nothing moved forward for them. It was was all kind of just that way. Yeah. Much harder to do spy shit. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) To have some thought for sure. Did you like it though? Oh yeah, I did like it. You liked it? Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you said time capsule. I, I, that's another thing I like about these movies, especially kind of when you get into the gadgets, like you kind of see at the time what was considered high tech, right. where mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. that shit that they do now is like just in your phone. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, or, um, but also, uh, so- sociologically, their time capsules, like just how people were at the time. And, um, the way we're going to be hopping through these movies, there's a very, like each one, you can kind of get an idea of what was happening in society or the way society was moving just based on what's happening in these movies. And that's another reason why I like these is that it, it just kind of, it always adapts with the times or they take certain elements or certain headlines and kind of shift them in a way to just kind of direct it um, into a Bond movie. Um, to make it relevant uh, for the audience. Yeah. But, That's one thing I noticed about this movie was there was like no gadgets. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I forgot that there's literally, it's just the gun, it's just the gun, like the silencer. That's like kind of, I guess the gadget of the movie, but there was, really wasn't like a gadget. Yeah. I mean, maybe the, um, I don't know how big they were, but the uh, Geiger counter, um, <laughs> oh, like yeah. the portable Geiger counter that he had, um, yeah, other than that, there there wasn't much. In the anything. safe house, they had kind of that the false wall that came down, and they had <laughs> yeah. like the radio. But I think even that was real to real. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah well, the, that's yeah, super the, techy. The the radio then was a little techy, but I mean, it was starting to become more commonplace because I think it was mainly they started becoming mainstream like seven years prior, and uh, so even that 
kind of technology, having it in your house or whatever yeah. was kind of a yeah. little bit cutting edge. But Man, is that sign of the times, though, where you have to check in at a specific time right. to make sure that you're still there because there's no GPS or anything. Yeah. So it's like you got to check in. Yep. If you don't check in and you're compromised or whatever, that's, man, throwback. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? This is I, your first time as an adult. Yeah, I like I like it. I think the all all the Coop reasons Coop said. I like looking at it because it, it looks, um, even with the extras and everything, you can tell they just grabbed people off the street in Jamaica, like, you know, mm-hmm. like they were actual people that lived there, and it just felt real. The people felt real. The like I said, the clothes, the architecture, all that stuff. It all felt like they shot it on locations, which I'm sure they did. There's no like, obviously, there's no VFX or anything like that. It's just on location, on set. Um, I liked how it took its time. I really like the middle of it where he's like investigating mm-hmm. and like the scene where he's like just setting up his room to verify whether or not someone's going to ransack his like where he's like setting traps. That takes a while. I feel like in today's cinema, it would just they would just glance over that. They wouldn't even show like because that scene was like ten minutes long. They like they like put a laser in the corner of the room yeah. and that would be it. Yeah, but he has like the old school tricks with like the hair. And right. The, yeah. But it takes its time where like it'll just pan on him and he's just kind of like adjusting his collar, and then like he'll think about it and then he'll set he'll set the trap or whatever and then he'll think about something else, and then he'll like sprinkle that dust on the briefcase mm-hmm. or whatever. But it just it. It's just something that stood out because they just don't, they wouldn't do that nowadays. That's one of my favorite things in the books that Ian Fleming writes is like first, probably the first thing is like the, the way he describes food. Whenever he bond orders something from a restaurant, right. he's just very descriptive and it's like very simple stuff. It's like, oh, a, uh, a ration of eggs with um, black coffee and like he's just it's just like very short but accurate descriptions of food the way he writes food is awesome but there's also a lot of in the books is him prepping his room or just what he's thinking and obviously which you can't really do in movies but um just the way he thinks in the books and the why the why of putting the hair on the thing and but there's the books have quite a few of that of him just kind of like booby trapping his room Mm. to see if someone messed with anything um is another good thing that uh yeah they get from the books that they actually show in this movie which yeah. they don't typically do i'm well they don't in the later movies yeah but yeah i like i really like the middle i the, the ending is not very not very good the the third act is kind of terrible um but it didn't ruin the movie for me at all like the, the way it just kind of abruptly ends and dr knows an okay villain he's fine mm-hmm. um but he's not like compelling like goldfinger or yeah, or, yeah, he's not as theatrical as yeah, or like memorable, kind of monotone a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just the third act's okay. It's yeah. not that it kind of dragged the movie down a little bit for me, a, little, a couple notches, but I still enjoyed it. Okay, nice. Uh, yeah, the third act, which spoilers for a <laughs> fucking sixty-year-old. <laughs> yeah, movie. if you haven't seen it in forty um, years, <laughs> which if you, if you like Bond, watch it. Which you already have. I mean, Sean Connery's sure excellent. Yeah. He's very good. Um, like him as Bond. The end of the... So, the reason why they picked this book for the first movie is because of the simplicity of it. Yeah. It's a fairly straightforward story because this was the, I think, fifth book that was written. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Sorry, sixth book. Um, and when... 
they picked this movie, they changed some things. So like at the in the book, the when he's going through the rafters and like the the water comes rushing at him and he's like in the vents yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So that was like originally like this maze. It was because after Dr. No kind of like knocks him out and he, he wakes up in his cell, he's kind of like in a maze. And it was just a way for Dr. No to test Bond to see how mm. intelligent or see how much he could withstand. So it was kind of like a gauntlet that he had to go through. And But they cut all that crap out because it, it would have been ridiculous. Like, so he just had this built in a building just to, for shits and giggles. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, he had like fight like this giant squid. He was in a tank with this giant squid <laughs> or something like that. It was. Um, that so would have been a better ending for the. Yeah. Yeah. They cut that out and then they cut out um, uh, Honey Ryder. Uh, she when he goes to rescue when Bond goes to rescue her, she's chained to the thing and the water's kind of rushing in the boat ramp. Yeah. She's the, the boat ramp and the water's just slowly filling up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> it could yeah, just kind be of. a retention pond. Yeah, it just always kind of like keeps, gives her trench foot over the course of three weeks or something. Room 12. Show yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is supposed to be like all these sea crabs coming up to like uh, eat at her. Yeah. yeah. Oh damn. Um, Why not? <clears throat> But sharks with sharks with laser beams yeah. attached to their heads. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so yeah, the third act is a little weird. Um, yeah, in the movie, yeah, just because they kind of chopped it up, anyways, from, from what they had in the book. Right. But. And what would so? Of course, I can tear it apart because I I was on a oh, nuclear powered submarine, and the, the the reactor was hilarious to me. I, I was curious to hear your input on I, the on the reactor. It's all yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, but, d- yeah. I had a but question the whole point for you. of it was like so. The point was they needed the nuclear power because they needed the signal from their their uh, dish TV <laughs> radio radio beam, the, the tiniest satellite <laughs> so, that they have hidden because you don't want to show that. Yeah, literally, yeah, the, the, the size of a dinner plate. <laughs> so small. So they needed a nuclear power source for the signal to be powerful enough to interrupt the communications of like NASA. Is that the is yeah? That why they, they need that power they, source? They were trying to knock knock out the the U.S. rocket <laughs> yeah the, rocket program yeah the, the toppling of to mess okay. up the, uh, yeah. right. gyroscope the gyroscope or whatever they used for um, all right fair enough tracking with that yeah and and that's like a that's like a two sentence line in the movie and it's like really kind of important that you know that because that's why everybody's doing what they're doing and it's like I think M says it in two sentences and then that's it and then yeah. Bond leaves the office it's like okay well it doesn't I hope matter. you caught it yeah. you know it's a MacGuffin sure <laughs> it's just there the um so when he comes back and I think they I forget what number they gave him uh when they picked uh picked up Bond and Honey from the swamp and um then they do the Geiger map Geiger oh, can. and they're decontaminating them. Yeah, so there's like, oh, his number is like 84 or something. Yeah, like. he's at 84. <laughs> does that mean anything, or is that just a random? It depends on the unit they're measuring. If okay. it's millirem, it's not that bad. But if it's rem, then he should be dead. Dead. Okay. <laughs> so maybe it's metric. <laughs> it could be the decontamination thing. Obviously, that's Austin Powers when he gets unthawed yeah. and he's <laughs> trying to steer him to the toilet. So evacuation. Com- evacuation. Yeah, exactly. Com- Evacuation complete. <laughs> exactly. I didn't. I didn't realize that until until watching this again. But uh, but yeah, you can't just. It's not like you can be fully contaminated and then like soap and water soap is going to decontaminate you in ten minutes. It's just not going to work. You, in, you need to isolate you for like months. Oh. <laughs> you can't just scrub it off. <laughs> anyway, and when the reactor's in the water and it's like boiling, mm-hmm. you know, 
there's and they're wearing suits because they they don't want radiation. Yeah, yeah. Like, heavy duty suits too, by the way. <laughs> that's not how it works. You need like shielding. <laughs> the poor guy had like a trash bag. <laughs> yeah, really? like yeah. a fucking state like an guy. air hose going yeah, to the back. <laughs> It looked like a Halloween costume with a T yeah. Rex that you yeah. see kids running around in. No, if it without shielding, like everyone in that room would have been dead within like an hour, because you you can't just absorb that much radiation. You'll you're you'll cook on the from the inside out and just die, bleed out. You need like lead shielding. It can't just be open where everybody is. So anyway, when, but then it won't look as cool. <laughs> like that set design is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, danger. I like how he's like, yeah, just turn in the wheel. Like, oh, let's get a little high. Let's turn yeah, it down now. Danger's like right in the middle, and they have this whole big area yeah. to the right that's past danger. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Why would you build it to where? Why you would you want to go that? Yeah, go farther. <laughs> I love the signs too. Like Family Theater is like abandoned building. <laughs> that was anyway. But all that aside, the the third act kind of was like you see, you meet Doctor No. Finally, they had that little, you know, repartee between the two of them. Mm-hmm. He gets in the cell or whatever, and for whatever reason, it blows up. I don't know what that was all about. It was kind of just, <laughs> it blew up, and he was able to get out. That didn't make sense. But, uh, and then he's just controlling the reactor, and then it goes haywire, and then it blows up, and then you don't really, that's why he's not a compelling villain, because he's in it for like five minutes, and mm-hmm. you really don't get anything beyond the conversation between he, him yeah, and Yeah, he's Han. not a dynamic character at no. all. Like, he, he... It, what was really interesting about this movie is kind of all the firsts that you see and like when him and Bond are sitting down for dinner and he does that classic villain explains the plan to the <laughs> hero, you know, and it's like, well, this is probably the first time this has happened yeah. in cinema. And it's something that happens in basically every kind of it's true. Bond or adventure movie, you know. And so like, yeah, he, he kind of spilled the beans right up front and it's like, well, but why are you doing this just because the U.S. didn't hire you and the Soviets didn't hire you, so you joined an international terrorist group? Okay. <laughs> like, that was your only alternative? And he wanted to test Bond to see if he could recruit him into Spectre. Was that the reason why he was... Yeah, he said because he was... Uh, of the people that he's encountered while he's been doing this, he was the smartest. Okay. And the only one that kind of gave him any kind of trouble. So he mm. thought, he was like, oh, well, I, I could recruit him. And, Interesting. Okay. But... Yeah. So since with this being the first one, there's a lot of things in here that uh, obviously they didn't know what Bond would eventually be. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's as far like in regards to the uh, franchises, there's not a lot of, in my opinion, franchises that start off really strong and continue to like hold up over time because even though like there are parts of this that are just cheesy like what the fuck but this i mean it's the first bond movie but it's nowhere near the worst oh no bond movie no and but the um but i find it interesting watching this it's just a lot of the things that um were already kind of set in place like the title sequence so there was no like special bond song for it um, like they typically do with like Golden Eye or Goldfinger, or all the other Bonds, pretty much after yeah. this one. Um, but you have the gun barrel sequence. Yeah, you have uh, the title sequence, which was done by Maurice Bender, who uh, did a lot of them, um, a lot of the early ones. Um, but um, but there's like certain things that are just kind of like off a little bit to where like the uh, the James Bond theme. Uh, starts off in the title sequence, but then I like how they play it 
during shit that doesn't matter because like the James Bond theme is now like reserved for like he's doing something badass like you'd be playing Goldeneye and right. you accomplish like a key part of a mission and they play the dana dana yeah, like yeah. just kind of like pump people up and then here they play it what, what he's in the lobby right yeah he, he's he's walking <laughs> he, he just got off the airplane and he's walking through the airport lobby to the front tips the bow boy yeah dun, 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 dun. <laughs> they play it again when he's going into the hotel to check his messages at the reception desk yeah <laughs> yeah um and then yeah by the way how old school is that Going into like the hotel lobby. Hey, you had a couple. You have some messages. Yeah. And then like they have the table laid out with like the phones that you yeah. call people back. <laughs> Man, good old days. The um, but yeah, I, I like how they had some of the, but like some of the quirks in there that just kind of kept at least with like Sean Connery's to where, um, and Bond in general, I guess is like when they're when they were talking about uh, toppling, um, the whole point of the movie. M mentions he's like. Do you know what toppling is? And then Bond's like, well, if I remember correctly, it's blah, blah, blah. Like he just off toppling, no context. Yeah. It's just, uh, I believe it's causing uh, inter- radio interference, especially but, with gyroscopic uh, yeah, telemetry yeah. for like, navigation systems. Like the it, Webster Dictionary yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definition of what toppling is. But he has that and then, uh, which is just kind of like a trope of Bond where he's a professional on everything, mm-hmm. which there's a couple of scenes like that in the next yeah. movie we're going to be watching. Um, but it'll just be the most random things and um, he'll just be a professional at it. And uh, like uh, he's like, Oh, uh, when he was eating dinner with Dr. No and he was trying to stash the knife and he picked up the Dom Perignon and he's like, easy. That's a 56 Dom Perignon. He's like, mm, I prefer the 53 myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> But like shit like that. And then like the very, very tiny uh, aspects of the character, um, which is just like very like it's just a subtle hmm mm-hmm. hmm that he does. Like he did it a couple times when he first met Sylvia Trench uh, in the casino and they're like kind of walking to the cashier table um, or the cashier's cage. And she just says something. He's like, hmm. <laughs> but like that's like a, a Sean Connery thing to where he's always like. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all he needs he yeah. just needs a grunt he's just a handsome man i love that shit i don't know <clears> why but it, it makes me laugh yeah <laughs> well what did you think of the uh like like the the character attribute of bond of being like the woman the womanizer or whatever in this movie because i didn't think it was that bad honestly oh i didn't even but it was so overt like when you're like you're <laughs> watching it, especially early 60s he's just like be at my room three o'clock see you there like it just walks away and, and sure enough she they show up so yeah yeah um yeah uh obviously now it's like not because yeah. it yeah it was 62 it, i think there was rules around you can only show like someone kissing for like five seconds or less or something. something and i mean there and this movie was kind of some people turned down this movie because of the sexual overtones oh. and um but the producers and the director um terrence young i think terrence young yeah, yeah um they knew it was overtly sexual because in the <clears> book <throat> i mean it's like he he, he bangs women and yeah. it's just like more of like an animal side of him that um to where he's like oh you're attractive i'm going to have sex with you kind of a thing <laughs> like it's i mean but in this they kind of it's a little tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. um 
Roger Moore. I, I mean, it, it gets goofy in some of the movies, um, <laughs> but uh, but I, yeah, it's not as bad. Now there's some other Sean Connery movies to where it's worse, to where it's kind of like, oh, that's that's. I guess you could. That could be rape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess. And but yeah, I mean, even then, it was still kind of. Because they they played it off as kind of not absurd, but just a little tongue in cheek, or just a little like mm, like not, not not fantastical, but a little bit more fantasy side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, not as it's not. I did not love bad. how the the second chick he was with Miss is a tarot. Miss Taro, yeah. who works for Doctor Yeah. and he's he knows that he works for her, yeah. or she works for him, <clears throat> but he, you know, he has sex with her anyway. Yeah. And then he kind of just throws, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it, like, twice. It's pretty it, good. It, so, yeah. he, he wanted to go out to dinner. She was like, no. He was like, all right, I'm calling a cab. Like he was just done. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, calls a cab, and then they bang again, and then he has her arrested. That was funny. Oh, because yeah. she deserved it. She was right. She she's set the, him up to die. She's the bad guy. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's, she's, she's the bad Coop, guy. She's the bad guy in this situation. <laughs> she did deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, did you notice that the uh, all of the like uh, male Jamaican residents, were they all dubbed over? So I don't know if all of them were, but I know some Coral wasn't, but like... No, the... Like the guy with the blow horn? Get out there with your hands up. I'm like... I didn't hear one Jamaican... I didn't hear one Jamaican (laughs) accent the whole time. So, um, I'm I'm sure they probably dubbed some people over, or they just had people that just plain weren't Jamaican. The... Now, I know, like, Honey Ryder, she was dubbed over. Um, Oh, was she? Yeah, because she has... I remember I saw her speak, not personally, but like on some kind of Bond tribute thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was like the 50th year or the 40th year thing, but I saw her speak in person and she has a thick accent. Like, is it, like it, it Swedish? Or? Yeah, it's kind of like hunk, hunk, whatever her nationality is. I think German or, um, oh, Ursula Andress. She is German. Okay. So, uh, so she talked like Arnold. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just very, like a very thick, um, accent and you could, um, and I was like, I don't, she didn't sound like that in the movie. Yeah, I mean, she was dubbed over, Okay, but, um, gotcha. but I mean, I'm sure they'd probably dubbed other people over too. Sure. Um, dubbing will also be a theme in next movie. Perfect. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they did. I mean, there was a lot of sound issues even back then. Yeah. That's why a lot of, um, old, uh, older Chinese films is there like a lot of the, the, the joke of the dubbing of people's mouth moving and it being mismatched. Yeah. It's being dubbed from another language to English, but even, um, recording, uh, audio back then it was on separate audio tracks trying to sync it up would be an issue or like getting sound on location or just <clears throat> trying to ADR it and stuff back then. Yeah. It was just a pain. Um, but well, here, let me, you want to show the clip of one yeah. of the, one of the greatest lines in cinematic history. I need another thousand. 
I admire your courage, Miss... Uh... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Mr. Bond. God. There it is. Went from six to midnight. <clears throat> He's just so goddamn cool. <laughs> <laughs> is so... And that's this, the they only they that's the only time he says that the, the whole movie. I know. Like such an iconic line that you you know. know everybody hears it, everybody knows where it's from, and he said it one time. Yep. And the funny thing is, and he only said it that way because he was playfully flirting with Sylvia Trench because that's yeah. how she said it. So he was just kind of imitating her <clears throat> when he introduced himself, but then ha- that just happens to be how yeah. he always introduces himself. And this came out in sixty two. I mean People always say, like, Brando revolutionized acting. But, like, even in this, Sean Connery, like, in terms of, like, the uh, likable action star that, like, you know, Harrison Ford or um, Denzel Washington, whatever, pick pick a major star that does action movies or whatever. Like, he's not, like, overtly cheesy mm-hmm. when he's delivering his lines. He's got a presence. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, the fight scenes are kind of, they're fine, but they improved with time, but... I mean, I think in 1962 when this came out, I mean, did anyone, had ever, anyone ever led a movie like this with that kind of like gravitas? Um, I can't think, of, I'm trying to think of somebody, but I can't really as far as, think of anything. Like, I mean, I don't know, it's tough just because it's Bond, and I don't know if it's just because we're looking back on it knowing that it's iconic, but I mean, his deliver like he's very understated, he's very... yeah like laid back with it. He's not over the top in any way. I mean, you mentioned Brando. I first person I always think of is uh, Jimmy Stewart. Right. As far as like the birth of modern acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at Jimmy Stewart because like in a wonder, it's a wonderful life. It's a, like a little over the top at times, but I mean, a lot of his movies that he did, his line delivery was, I mean, just awesome. Like rear window and everything else, like mm-hmm. back in the fifties that he did. Um, to where I feel like, I mean, him, uh, and I think just, but Sean, to your point, I mean, I think Sean Connery's delivery of that character, um, I mean, definitely obviously made him a star, right. but <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> cause I'm thinking of like, uh, cause we watched Lawrence of Arabia last year and that was what, 60, 60, 63. I don't remember. Something. It was around this time. Yeah. But the way that those actors would like, it was definitely like stage, yeah, stage it's, acting it's and emotion acting. picture. Theater yeah. acting, yes, thank you. Um, and maybe I just don't, I didn't watch a ton of 50s movies and maybe, you know, I'm sure that was done. That was how acting was for a majority of people other than, like you said, Jimmy Stewart or Brando or mm-hmm. somebody. Um, and I just, you just don't get that in this, this, none of the actors are actually doing that in this movie. Yeah, everyone's very, and I think part of that might lend itself just to the character and the subject matter because, um, I mean, you you get some weird characters in some later Bond movies that are just like a little bit cartoonish, mm-hmm. but then, um, but with this, I mean, Bond is just pretty much just always calm, always. He knows what's going on. Knows what's going on, sure of himself. So I think part of it is like just having that character, um, helping him to be able to just give that kind of performance. But same thing with Dr. No, you get a lot of these villains, they're very calculating and everything else. So I think it, the subject matter just lends itself to understated performances and more, um, more serious delivery. All right. Was Dr. No's outfit 
uh, Dr. Evil's. Oh, but his pants when he came in with the pants, you know, and they just that, showed his legs. I was like, "Are those Doctor Evil's pants?" Uh, <laughs> close, but no. So okay. right. uh, you, we'll see. Probably, maybe, uh, maybe not the. Nope. Probably next movie. You will, okay? All right. You will. Uh, you will <clears throat> see the Doctor Evil um, <laughs> costume. It's but pretty close though. I'm, I'm looking it up now. It's pretty close. Yeah. The uh, but yeah he had, because Doctor No has that uh, the yeah, Japanese yeah, has, yeah, yeah, yeah. style aesthetic. Um, one thing that I liked that I didn't really pick up on until I read the book. So in the book, um, if you watch the movie, everyone that is uh, with the exception of dent the uh archaeologist not archaeologist the geologist professor um everyone who works for dr no like the uh the spies the the lady with the camera and then the secretaries um everyone that works for dr no that is undercover has kind of like a japanese or asian look to them and in the book that's because that i think that's like his children Oh, okay. like he okay. has like a crap ton of kids and they're all. Oh, he was just laying pipe for decades. Was, I mean, they were like, they were all um, like biracial because he was biracial. So mm-hmm. like he, like <clears throat> there was, um, he would have kids that were like half Japanese, half black, half Japanese, half European, half Japanese, half whatever. And it, I mean, it was just like him just, yeah, laying pipe everywhere, but it was like all of his kids, not, mm. not all of his henchmen. not like he had like 200 kids that were all sure. running around. He wasn't Genghis Khan or Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, there was like a collective that, and that's who, how he used his network gotcha. and they don't, they don't mention it. I mean, they mention his spies, but they don't mention that it's like his daughters and sons that mm. are actually like yeah. younger that are doing all the spy shit for him or like have weaved themselves into Jamaican, uh, like bureaucracy and police stations and positions right. of power to be able to do this. That was probably um, too perverse for that time. Yeah, probably. And so he financed it by, I was trying to remember if I got that right by stealing from the Chinese. Is it government or like Chinese mafia? I think so. Or the Yaku. Yeah, he, yeah. he was part of a a, a Chinese yeah, like, criminal, right. criminal yeah. organization. Yeah, yeah and he you, he took their money and ran with it. Is what he said. Yeah. He came to the states. Yeah. And ten then, million dollars. Ten million dollars. Yeah, and it only cost him a million dollars to finance this nuclear no million dollars just for the aquarium oh for the aquarium money well so (laughs) (laughs) all right guys so my master plan nine million dollars i was like (laughs) are you saving the one million nope aquarium wait till you hear this (laughs) (laughs) when they showed the aquarium i was like are those bluegill (laughs) what kind of aquarium is this (laughs) little side trivia they had nothing to show for the for the projection Mm. of it so they they th- they just found stock footage of an aquarium and they threw it up there really? and they're like it's it's fucking fish like <laughs> why why are they so massive <laughs> and, and so that's why they added the line the convex, the convex of the glass. glass and the glass is so thick that it makes them look bigger and but it was nice that the, even when they incorporated that bond even had a quip like oh uh just like so you're a small fish still pretending that you're a big fish or like something to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was but good. Depends yeah. on what side of the mirror you're on, Mr. <laughs> <Yeah. Bond. laughs> I did. What did you think of his makeup? Because James Weissman's like an English theater actor, the guy who played Dr. No. I just, I liked how they... <laughs> Oh, oh, wait. It was wait. like Breakfast at Tiffany's with like, uh, what's, God, what's that actor's name? Mickey Rooney? Yeah, yeah. 
the uh yeah wait wait till we get to oh boy uh, does it get worse you only live twice when they try and pass sean connery off as japanese oh boy (laughs) and you have this six foot three foot fucking (laughs) scottish guy hunched over trying to make himself look short (laughs) like walking around fucking japan like an asshole (laughs) awesome Maybe uh, this is why this is one of the better ones, right? Because everything's toned down. Yeah. They don't they don't go to eleven like uh, Spinal Tap. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> it's uh, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Fair enough. Um. Oh God, yeah. But yeah, other than that, like the uh, there wasn't a ton of action scenes. Like they had that one drive driving sequence, and then uh, like the third act where, th- where everything was blowing up. Yeah, he and had a like, little hand to hand, little like, hand to right hand here and there. But yeah, nothing like too crazy, flipping people over. Like yeah, that's like, his go to like judo. Yeah, yeah, a little judo flip. Now talk. I love how like they get, they get into a fight. <laughs> I mean, they just I know they're taking a break. They're, and they're taking both a break out of yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. 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 Now, now talk. talk. <laughs> now talk to me, or else I'll do that again. <laughs> Slap it around. <laughs> um. Uh, good. Yeah, not a lot of action, and that's. I mean, you mentioned like him trying to solve. Yeah, it didn't matter. I mean, the mystery. Um, I like that aspect about it. I mean, you don't. There's a couple of those moments, like in like Casino Royale, like uh, to where he's kind of solving some things, but it's n- nothing to that effect. Where yeah. it felt like a detective story almost, like he's trying to solve. This definitely a felt mystery. like a detective. More, yeah, more story driven than it yeah, was. For sure, explosions and mm-hmm. karate fights yeah. and all that. Yeah, and. Uh, but yeah, that's that's one thing I like about it. Of course, the books kind of had something to do with that too. But um, as far as this, which is established history, history with M and Many Penny, like they don't dive into it. They just two yeah. two characters go. And yeah. of course, I mean these books were wildly popular at the time too. So I'm sure a lot of people had reference they knew sure. who Many Penny was. So they probably didn't have to introduce. Um, I mean, some people probably went not knowing who James Bond was, but I like movies that do that. They just introduce two characters. You already know they have a history just by their uh, rapport and they don't, they don't have to go into it. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, where did you meet? So-and-so because we got to explain everything to the, it doesn't matter. You, they met at work or right. whatever. Um, that's something that I like the, um, <clears throat> especially with, I mean, just little shit with like M and Bond, uh, which again, I think it was in the book, but when he's, when he's leaving, but M knows him well enough, he's like, leave the Beretta. Yeah. And cause it, they just, he, that's how well he knows them. Sure. It's just like little things like that. You don't really get a lot in movies nowadays to where, um, you can just infer a lot more based on the little that you've seen because it's so well written. I do like how they dedicated like a, a scene to explain the, What's his gun again? Wal- it- Wal- the, the Walter PP7. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So that was the all- Americans swear by it. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, Walter PPK. Yeah, PPK. Yeah, yeah. 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 And um, <clears throat> that was that. That was also in the book. So okay, there was. Um, I don't know if they mentioned him by name, but uh, I think it was like in the book they called him like uh, Boothright or Boothroyd. Um, so again, this was the sixth book in. The previous five books, Bond always had a Beretta. Um, and I think it was like 25 millimeter Beretta. And um, that was his main gun. And one of the fan letters that Ian Fleming had gotten was a um, guy who I think was in intelligence. I mean, 
um, Ian Fleming w- worked in intelligence too in World War II, but I think this guy Boothroyd or Boothroyd, I'm spacing on his name, uh, wrote to Ian Fleming and said, he, a field agent wouldn't use that gun. It's mm. like, it's, it's too small. It doesn't have enough stopping power. And it, it, he, he would use like a Walther or like he gave him like a variety of guns. And so they picked the Walther. And so as a payback or a thank you, Ian Fleming named the quartermaster who gives him the gun in the book Boothroyd. So that, mm. that was oh, in cool. the book. Yeah. That's a good um, touch. And so that whole interaction of changing the gun and everything else um, was there too. Um, I just don't think that would not be in a modern movie. No, <laughs> no, no well, nobody would care what kind of gun. No, it would, no yeah. one cared. Yeah. But yeah. they were, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's funny to see what they took from the source material mm-hmm. and then what they took out. I mean, they took it, I mean, they left out the, the ridiculous maze of gauntlet stuff yeah. at the third act, but, um, yep. But yeah, uh, I just remembered. You, all right. So we were talking about the sexual overtones or whatever. Sure. Let's you, talk more about it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, so um, when they're on the beach and Honey <laughs> is telling uh, Bond like her backstory uh-huh. and and she's like, oh, yeah. And then um, the governor or the guy who I was staying with let me stay with him after my, my dad had passed. Uh, and then till one night. He, uh, then, then I, well, then I, then I had to right. do something and, and Bond's like, Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> go on. <laughs> He's like, go on. He's oh like, my. And, and I, had, I had to sleep with him. He's like, Oh, what happened after that? <laughs> and, and then what happened? And he's like, and, but, but, and then she says, um, oh, I poisoned his drink, or I I did whatever. Oh, she put hell. a she put a black widow spider. Yeah, put a black widow yeah, spider, yeah. and like the look on his face was, was like, just oh like, my oh, god, god. <laughs> crazy. He's like, he's this like, crazy bitch. I was like, man, that's, and she's like, did I do wrong? And he's like, well, as long as you don't go making a habit of it. Yeah, and, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> he's like, well, as long as you don't do it to me, because you know, I'll I'll just leave us on the boat for a while longer. Mm, right, that's very true. Which I love too in that shit is like they get rescued and they do the whole boat thing and yeah, Felix like comes a, gets them yeah. and then he's just like he lets it go like you imagine the people like trying like, to what tell, are you doing hey, hey dude we just like, drove out here to save you like the person's what just like doing? fuck I was like I'm missing my kid's birthday yeah. for this shit like yeah. I gotta wait for this guy to fuck get his <laughs> All dick right, wet turn it around again we'll give it back this is the last time we're doing this Bond <laughs> what was that guy's name the CIA agent Felix Felix is just looking at him like. Oh, Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Naughty Bond. Doing what Bond does. There he goes. Getting his pickle attack off. <laughs> um, but, uh, he could have just kept it tied onto the boat. I mean, I'm sure it was a pretty long haul. Yeah. And like a 15-minute boat ride he got going on there. I know. He's not going to last they, they, that long. They probably would have had all those sailors just, watch, just staring at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen a woman in months. <laughs> Not to mention they're all uh, going to die because didn't that place just have a meltdown? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's fallout. Everyone, yeah, I forgot, about that, yeah, I forgot about that dead. aspect. <laughs> Space race is okay, but Jamaica was just wiped the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I love Coral in this. Coral is actually in several, uh, couple, at least a couple of the books. Okay, and um, this is the last one he's in, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the yeah. dragon. So. Um, <laughs> That's not a dragon. You tell me what that is. 
So Coral was in, I think he was introduced, he was introduced in uh, Live and Let Die. So okay. that was the second book that was written. And so by the time Dr. No happens, Felix and um, Quarles are already like close friends. Like mm-hmm. they've already had the adventure together or whatever. And, um, but no, I love Coral in this. Um, because it's the only guy that could take like broken glass to the face and just like didn't wh- even flinch. Wipe yeah. it once. No big yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't even hit her after yeah. that. It's just like he, he did offer to break her arm though. Yeah, yeah he did. <laughs> um, nice to but, offer. But Bond treats him like a punk, like the whole time. Like that. Like uh, what was it? I mean, they get to the uh, Crab Key Island and they get the boat <clears> in. And Bond's like, cover the boat. Yeah. And just like orders him about. Yeah. And I'm like, the, the guy's not in the, sur- he's a local helping you out. And he's like, cover the boat. We need to get some sleep. I'm going to sleep over here. Uh, as he's walking away, his coral's just covering the boat. <laughs> and then uh, when the people come on the machine guns yeah, yeah. and he's walking with honey riders, like, oh, go, hey, coral, go get cover over there. And then he like runs off with honey as like the machine gun. <laughs> yes, it sends him to the front lines, <laughs> taking grenades. And fe- I think he told him at one point, he's like, fetch me my shoes. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, he said the word fetch. And I was like, whoa, that's, <laughs> that's a bit much. He started calling him captain, though, after a while. Oh, Coral? Coral started calling oh, him captain. Coral yeah. always called him captain. Oh, okay. The, uh, I, I kind of got the sense that was just like what Coral called people. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, because like, he hey, buddy. Or yeah. say, yeah, hey, captain. Yeah. Nope. Gotcha. Um, I love how they were telling stories of Crab Key Island. Like, I know a bunch of people that went out there and they didn't come back. Yeah, I know. And, <laughs> and then, the whole fucking <laughs> island is filled with like 400 people. Well, that and that and this you fucking, uh, what's her face? Uh, Honey Rider just, just sort of swims up on the beach collecting seashells. It's mm. like, no one, no one thought to pick up this girl. I've been coming here for years. <laughs> this is $50 in Miami. <laughs> it doesn't matter though. It doesn't. No. It's all right. The, um, I don't know what I'm laughing. Please with. share. The, the, <laughs> they they kind of did some goofy stuff like that, like the like who like oh yeah we know this random person is coming up on the beach, but don't worry about Doesn't it. Matter. It's fine. We're we're she's we're not hot. an international terrorist organization. <laughs> she's hot. She can come collect shells. Whatever. <laughs> they like and when they're when they're uh, at the cabana, there's it's it's Felix Bond and Coral, and they're having like the secret like planning it out and mm-hmm. the, the girl takes her picture and they're like get her and it's like well this could have been avoided if you guys would have done this in like an office or like <laughs> right. a, like or not at the cabana party with 200 other people room, yeah something place literally anywhere else besides yeah. a party and i i had to remind myself you know when the three blind men mm-hmm. in the beginning of the movie shoot the uh strange ways i think his name was um i'm like what the hell I'm like, oh yeah, there's no, there's no surveillance, there's no security cameras. I'm like, I'm such an idiot. I was like, this, these guys would have been caught right away. Yeah. And then like uh, when they attempt to assassinate Bond, it's like in the exact same spot where they murdered that strange ways guy. You would, you would think they would have like some sort of security, I don't know, upgrade at all at this club nah. where supposedly nah. like CIA and nah. MI6 hang out. Nah. Nothing. Nah. It's not worth it. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if the CIA can't protect these guys, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well. Do you recommend it? 
Absolutely. For like the average. Oh yeah. Well, oh, for the average movie watch, I I feel like. Do you think people would like it? I don't or they know. they couldn't get over his because I think Christy humors me when I watch these things and because she always falls. Do you think she really couch. likes it? I <laughs> I don't know. I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I there's probably a couple that she likes. Yeah. Um But I don't know. It's it's tough. I, I if if someone's not a fan of James Bond, I don't know if there's much. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. For the average, like, so if someone's just going in blind and it's like, oh, I've never seen a James Bond movie, I would not say, oh, start with Doctor No. Right. Um, <laughs> because it only gets, I mean, doesn't only get better, but it's like, it's not the first one that I would recommend. Right. Um, if you're a fan of the books or you're a fan of James Bond, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I I feel like this movie is so. It's a good James Bond movie. I don't know if I would say it's a... I mean, it's not a bad movie by any means, no. but it's um, it, it's tough. I don't... I'm... Uh, how do I want to say this? I I don't know if the average moviegoer today would like it. I mean, it's not, it's not like considered a... It's considered a classic James <clears throat> Bond movie, but I don't know if it's considered a classic movie. It's not like... I, I think it holds up, but it's not like... It's not like Jaws. It's not like Jaws or like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid or mm-hmm. like so, like some older movies like that to where it's like, yeah, and like it's still got it. And I, I mean, there's parts of it, but yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a lot of it's dated, but that's I think for me, that's just part of the charm of the movie. And that's why I love about these movies is that as time goes on, they get more and more dated. Um, and I think I like it mainly just from nostalgia. Yeah, just being around it growing up or watching a lot of it in the past like 10 15 years um but average movie are i doubt that they would like it being yeah you get some i don't know some 19 year old asshole that i don't know what the fuck what do they watch like uh like the uh, nightclub like harry styles <laughs> or some Fortnite? bullshit I don't know. <laughs> for tiktok yeah I, I don't know whatever the fuck people watch now the uh yeah, they're probably not. They're not gonna be. Nervous, I agree with that, but yep. I guess I recommend it for James Bond fans, but uh, yeah, average movie goers probably wouldn't like it all that much. Yeah. They'd probably get mad at me for recommending it. If <laughs> yeah. you like storyline, and um, I mean that that's like we said before, it's a it's a story. But or, sorry, it's a, a story driven uh, movie. And, and so it's like the, the mystery aspect bond gets sent to figure out why this agent went missing. And if you kind of like movies like that, then yeah, you, you'd probably like it, but it's not your typical modern spy movie where there's big explosions and crazy gadgets and, and that kind of thing. So there's one big explosion, but yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. it's not like it, this is before because bond really sets the, 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 the spy movie trope. Right. And it's before all that happened. Yeah. But, um, but no, I mean, if you're, if you've never seen a Bond movie, watch this. And if you like it, oh my God, you are going to have a fantastic time with the rest of James Bond movie month. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, anything else on? No, I'm good. Good. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, uh, we are going to continue James Bond movie month. James Bond month. I don't know, whatever. Uh, 
you know, November uh, next week. As, so we're not going to do the next movie um, it, that was made was from Russia with Love. Mm-hmm. But we are not doing that. We are going to be hopping actors. So um, to kind of give a rundown next week, we are going to hop to the person who played James Bond next, which is George Lazenby. And he was nobody remembers that some people remember him. Uh, People call him like, oh, a lot of people say he's the worst Bond. And their only reasoning is because he was only in one movie. And I'm like, yeah, doesn't doesn't mean he's the worst. Right. Um, But he's like the trivia question on who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah. A little who is only in one James Bond who played James Bond one time. And he he put four different selections like who's going to pick George Lazenby. Yeah. Well, actually, there was another person. Uh, there's a TV show called Climax that actually had it was aired in 57. I think. Was that on Cinemax? No, it was uh, it was a <laughs> it was like a uh, it was a episodic um, TV show uh, that had like adventure stories or something like huh. that. Like um, but they had a short story, I think, or uh, one episode called Casino Royale, I think. And it had uh, some American, somebody else played James some Bond. American asshole. That played him for the episode or whatever, hmm. and I, his name escapes me. I've never seen it, but never wanted to. But, uh, anyway. but anyways, so we are going to be watching Honor Majesty's Secret Service and talking about that, and uh, that'll be next week. And then the week after that, then we go to the another different James Bond with Roger Moore, and then we will go to finish it up with. We're going to skip Timothy Dalton, not because of any reason, but mm-hmm. just to, we're, we're going to finish it up with uh, Pierce Bronson. So, yep. And then next year, we'll do Timothy Dalton. We'll do, yeah, <laughs> Timothy Dalton, probably another Connery, and then a, yeah. then a, then a Daniel Craig. And, and then a Roger Moore, and then a Roger uh, Moore, and then a Roger <laughs> Moore. <laughs> but yeah, so that's next week. Uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, 1969. Till next time, Jay. Till next time, Matt. Thanks for joining us again, Coop. Happy to be here.